Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. I think it's been about five days since I was last on the microphone here for one of our Cracked Rackets podcasts. Of course, we had an absolute blast this past weekend hosting our second Cracked Rackets Open of the summer. This time we had the opportunity to bring in 128 men, 128 women for an ITA event. And of course, that many people in one place. I can assure you safety and health protocols were in place to ensure it was a safe environment for all of these players to participate in. That meant anyone on the grounds had to be wearing a mask at all times. If they were not, they were, you know, very pleasantly reminded, hey, it's not for you, it's for all of us, otherwise we might have to shut down the event. You know, players did such a good job showing their own discipline, being responsible for themselves, and you know, that's what we're asking for, is to everyone to be accountable to one another, and we saw that in spades this past weekend, and so it was an awesome event. Of course, a huge shout-out to all of our winners from the weekend, the two uh, men's and women's A singles draws winners, Michael Ross, the rising senior in high school, future Vanderbilt men's tennis player, and Ava Thielman, former Michigan State player last year's Horizon Player of the Year uh, for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. That's a school near and dear to my heart as that campus located right near my parents' house uh, there, that school in Rochester Hills. Anyways, it was an extraordinary event. Of course, it's so great to see all of these players back in the competitive environment, and it's so clear how much everyone throughout the tennis world, juniors, pros, college level, it doesn't matter what it is. We're all tennis players at heart. They And as a tennis player, you want to be on court competing. You want to be showing off your best stuff against some of the best competitors you can face. And we got to see a lot of that this weekend. And so it was a really exciting event. A huge thank you and shout out to all of the participants and all of the uh, people who are a part of it. Of course, Dan- Dalton Thieneman, Daniel Westoff, Parker Thieneman, Hannah Thieneman, uh, Dalton's lovely wife, all of them so integral in ensuring this could have happened. Of course, a huge shout out as well to our friends at the NJTL Dax Lowry for supporting the event, the ITA for giving us the opportunity to host the event. Uh, It was extraordinary, but of course, with that tournament, I had to serve as tournament director this past weekend. Dalton just had some family things going on. Uh, That meant no podcasts on Friday, Monday, or Tuesday. We do apologize for that. And as I mentioned, being gone just a couple of days, it feels like I missed the, you know, complete, you know, 10, 12, 15 different news cycles from throughout the professional tennis world. As I mentioned, all of us still wondering, will the U.S. Open, will what the Western and Southern event in New York actually be able to be played? Uh, we've heard so many professional players, people like Simona Halep, Elena Svitolina, and others from throughout the professional tennis world express skepticism about whether they think the event can actually end up happening. Of course, we are also in the midst of a World Team Tennis season kickoff week uh, that I'm sure is bringing excitement to the fans, uh, to tennis fans across the globe. It's been so long since all of us have seen our favorite players playing sanctioned events and no World Team Tennis is not ATP, WTA, ITF uh, style event, but it's also certainly a step up, in my opinion, from the exhibitions we've been seeing. It just feels a little bit more formal. It feels like, again, we're inching closer and closer back to the sort of pro tennis all of us are so accustomed to seeing now. I happen to be an immense fan of World Team Tennis, and of course, I should start out by saying we've had Carlos Silva on the podcast multiple times. He's a guy I like to chat with uh, just to learn more things about the professional tennis world, but... But, you know, it's been a fantastic start to the season. It's so exciting to see our favorite professional players, again, back on court competing against one another. But also, you know, you can tell these teams are becoming pseudo-families because these players are all together for three weeks at the Greenbrier. Uh, Many of them got there beforehand as well. They're going to be quarantining together. They're going to be spending a lot of time together. And it's a lot of fun to just see how laid back, how casual these players are and, you know, to see just their personalities shine through. And of course, part of the reason we were able to see those personalities in spades is because of the partnership that World Team Tennis has with the Tennis One app and our 
Warcraft Rackets team was fortunate enough to get to work with the Tennis One app team down in Lexington on July 4th weekend uh, to do the play-by-play coverage for the Young Kings Scholarship Tennis Exhibition event at Top Seed Tennis Club. Of course, we got to see eight of the top WTA singles players in the world, people like Shelby Rogers, Jess Pegula, CeCe Bellis, Katie McNally, Layla Fernandez, Jeannie Bouchard, uh, Marine Parto, and Jamie Loeb. There you go. There's all eight. I didn't even mean to list them all. They're just still on the you know tip of my tongue. That was such an exciting event, and a lot of those players competing in World Team Tennis now, and so, you know, it's so great to get to see all of them. Of course, the Tennis One app team doing all sorts of cool things uh, to provide coverage throughout the season, and that is why, of course, I am so thrilled today to be joined on the podcast by the CEO of the Tennis One app. Of course, she is not just that. I mean, where to begin with our guest accomplishment today, CEO of Bleacher Sports, owner of the Tennis One app, Emmy award-winning journalist, and that is why I am so thrilled to be joined today by CEO of Bleacher Sports, owner of the Tennis One app, Emmy award-winning journalist, and I'll say it, one of my favorite guests I have had maybe ever on our Cracked Rackets podcast. Kristen Gear joins the show today to talk about the Tennis One app, to talk about their coverage, not just of the World Team Tennis season, but how they plan to, by using, you know, facilitating a better fan experience for tennis fans across the globe by using the Tennis One app. And of course, you might remember a couple, I believe it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, uh, we had Chief Content Officer for the Tennis One app, Randy Master, on the show. Hopefully all of you enjoyed that conversation. Well, you know, this one just as enjoyable, if not even more so. And, you know, Kristen, again, we talk about so many different things. We talk about, is it going to be plausible for tennis to return in 2020? Why an event like World Team Tennis is more able to return than something coordinating an event the size, the scale of the U.S. Open. We also, of course, talk about the differences uh, between being at the Greenbrier for three weeks versus being in New York for three weeks. But, you know, even beyond that, again, we talk about why tennis, you know, the tennis fan experience Uh, has yet to truly be modernized, has yet to really enter uh, the stratosphere as, say, an NBA fan or an NFL fan at this point in the experience. And, you know, she talks about why the Tennis One app team is striving to do just that through their various platforms. It's not just scores, draws, and schedules, rankings. It's so much more that is provided through the Tennis One app. So, of course, we talk about that. Uh, We also talk a little bit about her background. It is a fascinating story. One, hopefully we'll get Kristen back on the podcast again to explore but really enjoyed doing this interview. I think all of you listeners are going to enjoy it as well. Of course, the reason we are able to have these sorts of conversations here at the Great Shot Podcast is because of the support we get for this show from our friends at DraftKings. And you know this, as we repeatedly mention it thousands of times on our Cracked Rackets podcast. But tennis is maybe the only sport that sees action 24-7, 365 days a year when it's going. And it's from the future circuit to the Grand Slams. Tournaments are constantly taking place across the globe, and fans of the game are routinely treated to spectacular play. We do our best here at Cracked Rackets to break down all of the results, analyze the game's emerging trends, and offer predictions of what we think will happen next. That being said, as fun as it is to watch the sport and break down each match, we're all still tennis players at heart, and as such, we all want a piece of the action. That's why we at Cracked Rackets are thrilled to announce our new partnership with DraftKings, We know listeners of this podcast are the most informed tennis fans in the business. But what's the point of all of that knowledge if you can't take advantage of it? That's why we think it's time for you to start betting on tennis. And here's how you can do it. One, you're going to go to DraftKings Sportsbook account and make a deposit. When you do, DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. From there, it's going to get simple. You're going to make your first bet, and DraftKings also going to match that bet with a risk-free first bet of up to $500. For all of that, just go to dkng.co slash cracking rackets to play. Again, that's dkng.co slash cracking rackets. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. You must be in a participating state to use DraftKings, and of course, you must also be 21 years of age or older. And I do want to say a quick announcement for all of our Great Shot Podcast fans. As some of you know, tennis uh, betting is something that we've always had a streak of intrigue for here at Cracked Rackets. That's why we're really excited to, you know, we want to uh, really up our 
game and take our DraftKings partnership to the next level. That is why starting next week's on Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, so you'll have an episode each and every day of the week. Kale Hammond, Max Rothman, going to be joining me on weekly, uh, on daily, excuse me, Great Shot podcast for the remainder of this World Team Tennis season. That's because we want to get in on the action. We have all missed seeing sanctioned professional tennis events, and of course, World Team Tennis, something near and dear to my heart. I have thoughts on many of these teams' configurations. Of course, Maxie and I played in the World Team Tennis format when we played club tennis, so it's a format that, again, we care quite a bit about, and we want to get in on the action. So be on the lookout for all those episodes. Again, that's going to be a series we do over the next two weeks. Just, you know, get a little taste of the action so that we're all warmed up for when professional tennis resumes. So just wanted to sneak that announcement here on the front end of this podcast, but more importantly, we have a phenomenal interview coming up. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with uh, Tennis One app owner, CEO of Bleacher Sports, Kristen Gear. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the podcast today is a guest we are so thrilled to have on the show. And as you listeners may know, we had the incredible opportunity to go down to the Top Seed Tennis Club in Lexington to call the July 4th weekend Young Kings Scholarship Tennis event. We were able to do the play-by-play call on the Tennis One app. And that is why I am so happy to be joined today by an Emmy Award-winning journalist, CEO of Bleacher Sports, and the owner of the Tennis One app, Kristen Gear. Kristen, welcome to the show. On behalf of all of us at Cracker Rackets, again, thank you for the opportunity. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. And nice Uh, job on that call in Kentucky. That was absolutely fantastic. I thought it added so much um, color and and life to the stream and made the whole event so much more exciting uh, for for everyone to watch. So thanks for all of your hard work with that. I, I thought that was just a it was really a fun event. And John Sanders and his team did a great job down there at the Topsy Tennis Club. That was yeah, all right, Kristen, it was great to have you. We can wrap up the show there. That's all I needed yeah. from you. That was the one <laughs> little bit. But no, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, I completely agree. We were chatting about this before we started. It's just so nice, given everything that's gone on the past four months for all of us in the tennis community, to get a chance to see a live event. And you're absolutely right. A huge shout out goes out to John and his top seed team for ensuring that everyone felt safe and comfortable. And you know, a, a huge shout out should also go out to Carlos Silva and whatever everyone at World Team Tennis is doing because, you know, curious in your opinion on this just in general, it it's refreshing to see these live sports, right? It does almost, even though, you know, throughout the world you see cases continuing to go up, particularly here in the United States, I suppose that's a topic for another time, but as a tennis fan, to see live tennis return, it just provides me so much comfort. Yeah, I totally agree. And what Carlos is doing with World Team Tennis is, is truly remarkable. I, I love how forward-thinking he is. He truly does have a vision for the future of World Team Tennis. And I, I, I really like what he's thinking. I like the directions, direction he's heading. And, and I think it truly brings new life to World Team Tennis. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's such a fun format. And right now, Lord knows the world needs a fun tennis format. And this is it. And, man, there is some great tennis already uh, coming out of that tournament. So really fun, fun to see. I spent, I think, the past 12 hours binge-watching World Team Tennis, which is not something you binge-watch, right? That's not like in the list of binge-watches. It's like Netflix and then maybe some movies you got to catch up on. Then if you're a nerd like me, you watch the news as a binge. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've just been trying to catch up on everything, and you're absolutely right. It's just – 
I, and I, I probably would motion to have this as the format moving forward in, if it's a team format. I love the fact that the teammates are the ball people right now, that they're the ones grabbing the balls and talking <laughs> to their teammates in between points. It's just you don't get to see that so often, right? When you see a tennis player express emotion on the court in an ATP WTA match, it's usually negative or it's, you know, it's a fist pump or it's they're yelling at their box or they're cussing to the, you know, the gods. Why am I not making my forehand today? There is something about this atmosphere that's just a little bit different. So true. And not only seeing them as the ball kids, but basically they're also the cheerleader and the coach standing mm-hmm. there too. And it's it's just so fun to see that. I mean, honestly, watching Bethany in the background the other night, it was just fun to see her. She's just a little firecracker. And to see her, you know, cheer, it was just, it was fun. It, it makes it a fun environment. And I think that, you know, that's, that's great. I, I applaud them for trying to, you know, uh, keep ball kids safe by not having them out there. I think this makes a lot of sense. I think the, the world team tennis team is doing a great job really trying to keep the players, the fans and staff, you know, safe. This is, this is nothing to joke around with. COVID is, is a very, very serious issue. And um, being able to, to watch live tennis in this fun, fun format, I think, you know, it's great. I, I hope that everybody's able to stay safe. And I, I think that they're on the right track with what they're doing. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And, you know, I think your Tennis One app team also deserves a ton of credit for your coverage of the event thus far. And there are so many different aspects to the coverage that are different than maybe a tennis fan has ever experienced before. And I want to talk about all of those things, but let's, I suppose, get the serious stuff out of the way just because we are on the subject. (laughs) And, you know, it's not every day I get to chat with an Emmy Award winning journalist. So I'm going to try and emulate your your polish, I suppose, uh, throughout this. You're on the right track. You are on the right track, Alex. <laughs> well, yeah, fake it till you make it, right? That's, That's the right. policy Absolutely. of all journalists. Um, but, you know, this idea of sports coming back right now and the idea of, you know, it's impossible. It's it's impossible to guarantee the safety of anyone uh, mm-hmm. at this point, just given uh, what we know about COVID-19. But curious your thoughts on tennis returning in this fashion on, you know, the prospects of the U.S. Open and the clay season. Do you think tennis is the sort of sport that can return? turn in a safe fashion? I think it can in this, um, the way that World Team Tennis has positioned it, I think it can. I'm worried about the U.S. Open. I'm worried about the Western and Southern Open prior to that. I don't think that it's realistic to expect players, you know, these are big players coming in. I can't imagine how you're going to be able to corral them and keep them in the bubble for five weeks. And that, I mean, that's a long time. And I, I think it's it's one thing to you know to 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 try to do it for a week. Um, I also think you know like the World Team Tennis; these teams are at the Greenbrier. They are not going to be bored. And I mean, can you think of a better place to have to be stuck in a bubble for three <laughs> weeks? I mean, it is it is stunning. It is gorgeous, and there is no shortage of fun and you know really exciting things to do outside of tennis. Um, so there, you know, what a, what a great idea. What a perfect location. I worry about New York. I worry about the U S open and, and Western and Southern being there. You know, that said, it's a, at some point, yeah, we have to, we have to evaluate those risks carefully and, and try and see what we can do, uh, to, to keep the sport, uh, alive, uh, during a time when, you know, we, we all really need live sports, right? Um, mm-hmm. Outside of having the business. I mean, just as human beings, it's like we, we thrive with sports. We love, we live for sports and that emo- the emotions that surround each and every live event. And so I think, you know, the, the more we can do to try to keep it moving forward, the better. Uh, and I just, I hope that everybody takes it seriously so that we can, can keep it safe. Uh, mm-hmm. So we can keep moving forward. I completely agree with you. Uh, for the plugging of both of our sakes, maybe the only better place than the Greenbrier would, of course, be Top Seed Tennis Club in Lexington, uh, Kentucky. You got uh, it. Host of a beautiful event, as I see. Some reflexes just don't go away. I was like, I, I have it. to plug something here, right? I was like, it's a Tennis One app thing. I got to plug yeah. something. Um, yeah, but no, me too. I, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, the Top Seed Open that's going to be held next month mm-hmm. in the same location, I cannot think of a better place to have that. You know, number one, John and his team already have it all worked out. They've already figured out how can we keep those players safe? How can we we manage and navigate, you know, these these challenges and and do it effectively and and efficiently and safely? Um, So, you know, I have total faith in in John and his team to be able to run that event 
uh, very, very efficiently and, and, and very well, very safely. Absolutely. And to mm -hmm. your point, the reason I bring that up, uh, I think it was in order to have a, a hardcore warm-up event, the Masters, the Premier Mandatory before the U.S. Open, Western, Southern, Cincy, whatever you want to call it this year, uh, it, it is necessary. You have to keep all these players in one consolidated location. And I completely echo your concerns. It's mm -hmm. one thing to do it at a beautiful resort like the Greenbrier, or you see the NBA doing it at Disney and mm -hmm. you know tennis. I don't think has Disney money yet. We can't lock up all of Orlando, but uh, you know, Village and King Center, not a bad alternative, but mm -hmm. it's the international aspect of the sport that gets so difficult, right? You're bringing players from Europe, Australia, Asia, Africa, South America, all across the globe. Uh, I don't think there's an Antarctic plater in the draw yet, but I reserve gotcha. the right to change that answer. Um, you know, we're working our way there, uh, but you know, it, 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 that's what makes it that much more difficult, and I completely agree with you. What, what makes world team tennis so special is the fact that it is the team format, that all of these teams are quarantined together in right. this location at a beautiful location for a three-week span. And that's just, especially, you know, with the limit, the requirements in place, the safety and health precautions, I think it's you can only bring two members of your team right now uh, mm -hmm. to the U.S. Open and all of these different things. Uh, you know, bringing two people along with you, it sounds like a luxury, but these are all things tennis players factor into their daily lives. And it just seems, even though right now there's a tentative scheduled return, we saw the USDA cancel uh, the Kalamazoo and, uh, and San Diego events that were supposed to take place in Orlando. It just... It seems very difficult to be able to facilitate all of these different requirements to put on an event the size or the scale of a Masters or a Grand Slam event. Right. I, I completely agree. And I think about somebody like Serena, who's she going to bring with her and her yeah. team? I mean, you know, <laughs> that's going to be very challenging. But at the same time, a lot of the players who are not at Serena's level, right, are independent contractors who really want to work. They need to work. This is their livelihood. And if it means being away from their families for a, a month, then, you know, they're probably going to opt in to do so uh, if they if they can travel safely and, and, and keep themselves safe. Um, but I, it'll be really interesting to, to see what happens. I mean, do you think that, that there will be um, more pushback in terms of travel from a lot of the players who are overseas? Yes. What so are your thoughts? Um, again, journalists flipping it on mm -hmm. me. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, we were in Miami, we were in Lexington, and one of the biggest takeaways for me in talking to the players on site was how confident they were the event was going to happen prior to the Adria Tour and prior to everything that unfolded as a result of that. And now with the travel restrictions in place, they all seem less and less likely that the U.S. Open's going to occur. Now, I don't think that... I think players are very confident that the European swing of events are going to occur, that the mm -hmm. French Open is going to be played, that they're going to go out to Europe for at least a month. And, you know, I, I think I read somewhere that or it was last week that China canceled all of their uh, international sporting events for the remainder of the year outside of their Olympic trials. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's a major hit for the WTA financially. And of course, event wise, that was the bulk of their November portion of the season. Yeah. And, so and the with, finals, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so with that being taken away as well with it just so much uncertainty surrounding the U.S. Open. And, you know, if you're a player, we've already seen players say, I think it was Simona Halep over the past couple of days, Alina Svitolina, and, you know, Federer's obviously not going to be there. Nadal seems on the cusp as well. At that point, for if you're the U.S. Open, do, is it worthwhile playing the event? And the answer I keep coming back to in my head, unfortunately—well, not unfortunately, but it's just yes. Just by mm -hmm. financial necessity, I, I think it was John Wertheim who tweeted out, if all of the events scheduled on the calendar to play right now are played, that the top 100 players will average a median income of like $200,000 per year. And it's like, you're going to pass up $200,000 a year? Absolutely <laughs> right. not. And right. so to a certain degree, I, I just think— the decision's been made that they're going to go ahead and there will be players who don't participate mm -hmm. as they're in their right to do. Yeah. But there's just too many, too many, as you mentioned, the individual contractor aspect of all of the players, the various mm -hmm. stakeholders from tournaments to national federations. There are too many interests invested in having this happen to where they're just at the very least, in my opinion, going to give it a go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. It'll be yeah. interesting to see. And no. you know, 
it, yeah. it's certainly a lot of content for all of us, right? We're all gearing right. up to cover it all as we That's get ready. Right. I was, I posted, I think, on Twitter before this. Uh, I'm getting back to prepare for all the stuff, and I was looking at Karen Hatchinoff versus Matteo Berrettini, and I saw they're like a month and nine days apart, and I'm like, huh, who am I more confident in right now? And then I had the thought, huh, <laughs> when was the last time I thought about two tennis players and compared their careers? I was like, it's been months. This is yeah. great to, yeah, I had to dust off those parts of my brain. Uh, thankfully, there's not a lot of hair there anymore, so it's easy to dust it off. Um, but anyways, that's enough about me. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, Kristen, today, of course, about the Tennis One app, because if you're following along with the World Team Tennis season, I promise you your experience will be you know, immensely uh, more enjoyable if you are doing it through the Tennis One app. And for you guys, you know, when Carlos came to you, and I, I was joking around with Randy earlier, you know, there's I, I say this lovingly, and if he listens, and I know he sometimes does listen, Carlos, you're, I'm a fan of yours. There's no one in the business who's going to get more out of the business of tennis than Carlos Silva. And yeah. so I'm curious, when he comes to you and you guys approach him, um, why was World Team Tennis such a good fit for the Tennis One app? You know, it, I, I lo- well, first of all, I really do appreciate what Carlos is doing. I think mm-hmm. that he has such amazing insight into the future of tennis and making it fun and growing World Team Tennis in each of these communities. I mean, it is a big deal in these cities. And so this year, for all of those cities, all of those teams from those various cities, having to be in one location, it takes, you know, it, it really impacts the fans in those cities. Those fans are passionate. They are loyal to those cities. Um, and so, it, you know, really, how do we maintain, how do we retain those fans and keep them engaged with the teams watching, you know, through the three-week season? Um, and so, you know, this this app, this Tennis One app that my team has built, it's it's really exciting. And it's, there are opportunities for the teams to connect with fans in their individual cities through their players as well, all in one place, really keeping them in like fan watch parties that are so much higher elevated than something you're going to see on Facebook, you know, a Facebook watch party or a YouTube thing. It's, it's, it's really, it's special. I'm, I'm very proud of our team for um, the, the amazing uh, tech stack they've built um, to create this really unique product that will help to keep those fans engaged with the teams. I think it's, I think it's pretty special. Yeah, it is awesome, and I know something you guys are have launched, something I am looking forward to participating with tomorrow is the crowd view aspect of the Tennis One app, and that's something that I don't think anyone has experienced before when viewing uh, prof- you know, high-level professional tennis. And so for our fans out there, can you explain hmm. what crowd view is? Yeah, so CrowdView Live, and thank you for for participating tomorrow. I think that's going to be great. I love the idea of having you be part of this. Um, I'm going to shave and everything. I'm going to look great. It's really fun. You know, your picture is really pretty small in the app. You have to remember a phone's not that big, so you don't have to worry about shaving. You can wear a hat sometimes. It won't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) But it really is um, the CrowdView Live feature that we are launching in the Tennis One app, and we we're, we're very excited about. It's really groundbreaking. It's uh, it's a revolutionary new feature that kind of changes the way that we believe fans will consume sports in the future. And I know that sounds big, but it is because what it does is it takes the outdated traditional one way broadcast model of TV, radio, OTT streaming. It flips it on its head by creating. Um, kind of a multi-dimensional, multi-directional stream for fans to join in face-to-face watch parties with each other, you know, join your friends and also join the teams, join the players, join special guests that we have. So it, it creates this really fun environment that is exciting, especially at this time when we're all feeling the the, the significant loss of not being um, you know, at the event live, it, it makes us feel like we're there. Um, and, and I've gotten to sit in on a couple now over the last couple of days as we've been testing this out, this V1, you know, we'll be iterating throughout the next few weeks. There are things that we can fix, but V1 is awesome. And I felt like I was there and Rachel and Jordan from our team are there. And so they also, they give us tours and they make us feel like we're right there. And and that really does help. It makes it uh, it makes it a really cool experience. So yeah. I hope you have fun. I hope that your your fans have fun joining as well because um, it it is a really it is a fun it is a fun feature. 
I will always have fun. I can promise you that. Hopefully everyone <laughs> will enjoy it with me. And I really enjoyed it. I went to, you know, Bleacher, of course, the, the website uh, beforehand just to do a little bit of research. And the photo of the team of all of you guys, I think you're sitting, it looks like a baseball stadium. It has oh, to be yeah. some sort of baseball stadium. And the phone's out. It's uh-huh. an exceptional photo. It, it's really, it, it makes, I'm just like, this is such a, it just looks like such a fun group to be a part of. And so I was a big fan of that. And certainly I think all of our fans will be uh, enjoy the Crowdview One experience. You will become a fan. So hopefully everyone will check that out. I believe, uh, I think this podcast will be released later today. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon. That will be Thursday morning at 11 a.m. if you want to watch me on there. But you all hear enough about me. So go, you know, just be sure to check out uh, it throughout this World Team Tennis season. And curious, are, are you going to get a chance to head down to the Greenbrier for this? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I'm swamped, but my team yeah. is doing a great job, you know, and that's that's great. I get to watch. I get to watch them do the Crowdview streams. I get to watch the live streams. And I, you know, I, I'm just thrilled that that we're able to be part of this. Uh, just it's so much fun to have have that live tennis experience. You know, again, it's 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 fun for the whole team. Absolutely. And I know, you know, you guys at Bleacher Sports are beyond just tennis in terms mm-hmm. of broadening the fan experience. But for the Tennis One app per- in particular, and we talked about this when we had Randy, but as we both know, you're going to do a better job explaining things than Randy oh. will. So <laughs> well, I'll ask the that. question. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, have to give him some grief as well. But, you know, huge fan of Randy. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. been, it's been really in- enjoyable getting to know him over the past couple of weeks as well. But, yeah, you know, for fan, yeah, big fan, you know, a little fluffy, but no, I'm a big fan of Randy. <laughs> He's obviously that that comments just for him because I know he will definitely hear fluffy. It. I'm gonna call him fluffy. That's pretty good. I like that. That's good. I'm stealing that, Alex. No, it's all yours. Um, but you know, for fans who are curious about the Tennis One app experience, mm-hmm. because you know, again, I, I when we talked about it with Randy, it's this idea that there's so much more that can be a part of uh, a tennis fan's experience. So often, yeah. tennis gets captured in this old-fashioned way of viewing sports, and you know, it's as pro found is at Wimbledon they're still wearing all white and for there to be a dress code in any sort of sporting event is obviously old-fashioned but can you talk a little bit about how the Tennis One app team is trying to I suppose modernize is the word for the tennis (laughs) fan experience? Yeah absolutely so everything that we do really centers on what that fan experience life cycle is like so everything from acquiring the fan to engaging monetizing retaining that fan so everything that we do in our apps are all surrounding that fan experience life cycle we want to have we want fans and and players um, sports enthusiasts to use our apps and really enjoy that And over the last few years, we have had the ability to really develop our tech stack through our white label products. So what we do is we are the white label. We we highly customize our white label platform for um, right now. We're doing the majority of the U.S. Open series. Uh, We do, you know, the Rogers Cup, the Miami Open, the Rolex Paris Masters. So all of those individual tournament apps have been really a great um, a great opportunity for us to see what fans need, what fans want, to do focus groups and case studies around those fans, to see what the future looks like in terms of what do they what do they want, what will be what will work, and then also what the sports organization needs, what do the tournaments need, what do our client partners need, and so in in that three year time period of working with all of these different clients, we came to realize that there really was a need for this year-round product, one year-round place for all things tennis, you know, kind of one source of truth, one app to kind of unite. But I know you know is is truly kind of a fragmented community that struggles to unite. And our goal is to be that one one source, one place to unite uh, in, in a mobile app and to bring everybody together, kind of one hub to, you know, connect fans and players, uh, you know, with things like live scores and draws and stats and all the things you would expect in in a live tennis app but more than that also with the game zone and all kinds of you know really a lot of fun fan engagement features that we have that that helps the fan to want to stay in the app longer um which is is makes it much more valuable for our partners like world team tennis right um and we also have we work with more than two dozen atp and wta tour players um, and we live stream with them and they, they live stream a little, you know, little bits and pieces of their lives and talk about tennis and, 
And that has been um, so much fun during the pandemic. And it's been a way for everybody to kind of survive the pandemic, um, just in talking tennis, at least. So yeah, that, that, that's been fun. That's been you know, really kind of a treat. Yeah, and we've said it before, one of the, you know, in talking about the competing interests in tennis's return, I suppose not competing in that sense, but, you know, Western Southern wants to do their own thing, and Madrid wants to do their own thing, and then you have an ATP 250 in Del Rey, or you have a challenger-level event. There are so many different, uh, I guess, perspectives, so many different things in tennis you can be a fan of, and Mm -hmm. so to unify that experience, I think just in general, that is something that the tennis community needs, and Mm -hmm. so again, there are so many different aspects of the Tennis One app, because it's not just scores, results, and draws. You can find those anywhere Mm -hmm. now in 2020. That's a simple Google search, but Mm -hmm. you know, for the Tennis One app experience, uh, again, for fans who uh, are just downloading it now or getting into the Tennis One app, uh, what are the things you think they will enjoy? about it the most mm. well right now they're going to love the live streams they're going to love the opportunity to connect with players and team leaders coaches and and uh and, and that that's a really fun experience because it's not just you know watching a live stream passively it's actively participating meaning you get to go face to face with them if you want you don't have to if you don't want to turn your camera on you don't have to if you didn't comb your hair you didn't take a shower today that's all right it's okay join the chat stream you know you can still ask a question it's okay and you can still participate and feel like you're there but if you want to really have that one-on-one experience you know with a player who's part of world team tennis this is your chance um also to connect with alex here you know face to face (laughs) You don't get that chance, right? I mean, you're, you're stuck listening to him. You can't, like, chime in and shout and scream at him, you know, for, for whatever he's saying. <laughs> but here's your chance. Like, just join in the Crowdview Live party and, and, and have a good time. I yeah, think no. it's, it's fun. Yeah, I love it. I will say this. I get plenty of grief. You know, people yell at me. I, I get plenty. <laughs> they send you nasty from, emails. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The amount of times my mom was – I again, it was like a 15-minute lecture, and I love her. And this is why – you. this is the sort of mom you want in your life where she's like, Alex, your shirt too – your size on the shirt too big. She's like, why Why are you going to be that skinny? Why have those hips if you're not going to show them off? Uh, that's not what she sounds like either, but that's just the voice I always slip into. Oh, that is her. priceless. Uh, I yeah, love and it. So, I yes, love I hope it. people – People do come and join me. And, you know, again, if I'm not a big enough catch because I completely understand that, it's the fact that so many players have seemed to so enthusiastically uh, participate in the Tennis One app, whether it's Dennis Kudla, who's auditioning for Food Network, clearly uh, getting ready for his own 30-minute, you know, weekly show, or just people from across the tennis spectrum. Um, that's such a cool aspect. I guess, you know, I again, I know you've been tuned into all of them. Do you have a particular favorite so far, someone who's taken over the stream who you're just oh. like, I love? Of this person i i would not choose favorites but i do agree <laughs> dennis and tyler are fantastic together aren't they incredible. i mean like incredible like i love being part of their their live streams because they make you feel like i'm having dinner with them i'm cooking dinner with them and having a cocktail and that is fun right and they know how to make cocktails like really um and they know how to cook it's amazing <laughs> But I mean, yeah. so yes, yeah, so they are just a ton of fun. But I love, love, love Nicole. And I love, you know, I mean, the, the number of players who have just done, they've knocked it out of the park. I mean, it's it's fun. It's really fun to see them um, connecting with fans in this really unique way. Um, and I think it's going to continue to grow and get even bigger and better. I mean, I, I can't say out loud who just reached out to us to, to be part of this. Um, but it's exciting. It's a, a very big name you would know uh, who I think would will could potentially bring some really cool stuff to to the tennis one app. But it's that I mean, people are now starting to be like, all right, I want to be part of that, too, because that looks like fun. And that looks like a great chance. It's a great chance for the players to build their brands. They don't normally get that chance to be that closely connected with fans you know usually they're training usually they're they're around the clock training and on the road and and this gives them a a great medium a great platform to really build that connection um and build their you know that loyalty and and that's what we need especially here in the u.s we we lack that a lot and i think that that's what what tennis one is doing it's helping to build that loyalty for our for our players here 
Mm-hmm. No, 100%. I think it was there was this thing going around. If you could change any of the things going on in tennis, it was a tennis Twitter trend. And, of course, I have to be locked into those because, oh, my God. If You you know how every Sunday I know you have an iPhone since we're doing this over FaceTime audio. You get the, <laughs> this is how much time you spent on your phone per day. Uh, my numbers over the past three weeks have just been egregious, just uh-huh. like just disappointingly. I'm just <laughs> anyways, though, needless to say, I show it to Dalton. I'm like, see, I'm doing my job. Like I'm mm-hmm. always on tennis Twitter. It's proof. Yep. Um, but there was one of the things, what can you change? And I think the, uh, the opportunity nowadays with social media. Yeah, that's a that's a long tangent. That's the build here. That's why these, epi- you know, again, that's part of the Alex Gruskin charm. Uh, yes. But to get back to the point, uh, you know, part of the charm is also to speak in third person. But to get back to the point. Um, <laughs> which I do remember. I promise there's a point coming, everyone. Uh, But it's this idea that with social media now, uh, players are able to present themselves, right? They have more control over their narrative, their story, their image now than they ever have before. And something I've learned more and more as I've done these Crack Rackets podcasts and interviews and just been a part of the team is, you know, the best podcasts come is when you can get the player to be comfortable, to relax, to just be themselves. And that sounds very obvious, but you know, I, I think it, it's it's not obvious. It, the thing is, so often you get a player who's guarded or just they've been through the training routes and you learn to answer questions by not actually saying anything. And what's so clear through these Tennis One app experiences and whether it's, you know, Rachel, who whether it's Rachel's racket when she's just doing fun things with the players afterwards, I know. I don't remember if it was with Shelby Rogers, Jamie Loeb, uh, who it was with, but, you know, she did a post-match cool down on the bike with one of the players and just how comfortable they looked and how, you know, again, it's them telling their own story it's not this media soup they're getting a bunch of questions thrown at them and they're trying not to offend anyone and not really answer anything players just seem so much more relaxed so much more themselves and you know again I I I think that's part of the thing tennis one the tennis one app is shooting to accomplish right is to give players a medium to present themselves Mm -hmm. as they want to be seen yeah and isn't that kind of in in my opinion it's it's really um it's special to finally see who some of these players are, mm-hmm. who the real Shelby, who the real Nicole, who the real Dennis. I mean, it's, it's great to see who they really are. And, and, and when they get to kind of, you know, tell their story um, in the ways that they want to, and whether that's, you know, Dennis making a cocktail or uh, cooking a steak, or it's JC Aragoni, he's, he's, he's doing, you know, if he's on the court, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's a chance for them to, to you know, tell, show the public who they are and let the public in to participate with them and start to build that building of their personal brands. It's something that, um, that is very difficult, difficult to accomplish in traditional media. This particular app gives them the chance to connect much more than social media could ever do to connect with that fan, to do it face to face, to do it in the chat stream if the fan doesn't feel comfortable. But you're going to see a lot less, you know, um, anger on the part of a fan if somebody loses a match. They, they maybe, you know, the fan lost a, a bed or something. When it's when it's in that realm, as opposed to you know sending a, a nasty post on Twitter. I mean, which you see all the time. Some of these these uh, responses are just rude. They're just people are rude, right? <laughs> But this yeah, this forces them to be a little more polite, and and it does, I think, really build uh, the confidence of the players as well. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that, and that also gets back to the modern uh, fan experience. I feel as though, and I know your background in journalism was more oh. in an investigative sense. I don't know uh, if I, I don't believe you were, uh, you know, a, a tennis beat reporter, I suppose, or whatever <laughs> it is you want to call my job now. But <laughs> I do think fans. Uh, expect that nowadays. They want to hear directly from the players. They want to see them training uh, when they're not at tournaments, or they want to see them enjoying the cities they're at when they're at the tournament. And obviously, mid-COVID, that's a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. that is something, you know, fans almost demand now from their athletes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fans expect it. Um, and so giving them a, a, a platform to, to connect much more easily. I mean, you've been to some of these major tournaments. I mean, let's just take the Miami Open, for example. You go to the Miami Open and the practice court, or, or the US Open, any, anywhere. You go to the practice court and you want to go watch one of the players up close and personal. You, you, if you don't get there bright and early, you don't get anywhere you know, close to, to, to watching because, you know, it's just, it's a mob. It's just crowded. People are craving that 
really close, you know, what is, what is he, what does Roger look like up close and personal when he's practicing? What is this, what does it feel like? Does he, does he look at the crowd? Does he engage with the crowd? You know, what's that like? And so, you know, this, this kind of, um, uh, an, an opportunity for the players, you know, lets them up close and personal, but yet still, you know, have a respectful distance where they don't feel like it's intrusive and it can, it can be, you know, cut off at any time. So it's, it's not like it's you know, going to be too intrusive on their lives. Yeah, no, I remember, I think it was two years ago, I was at the practice courts in Cincy, and I saw Andre Rublev laugh, and I was like, oh, he does that. I was like, I "I (laughs) know he laughed. Yeah, and so, no, that was, uh, it's things like that. And by the way, even if you have a press pass and you're trying to go watch those players practice, everyone's Mm -hmm. like, that doesn't matter. Uh, This is my spot, sir. Like, you got to bring them out. So I completely agree with you there. And again, it's it's part of why I, you know, we at Cracked Rackets are so excited to be working with the team at the Tennis One app, because it's something that we are inspiring to do as well it's such a broad tennis community there are so mm-hmm. many different people so many different backgrounds so many different interests even within the sport uh and just a way to connect all of those people the shared experience that's what we're all looking for nowadays and so you know i know that is so exciting for all of us who are fans of tennis to get to use the tennis one app but i also know that's not all bleacher is up to right <laughs> yeah it's not just tennis it's a it's a multi-sport multi-faceted platform it is so so Bleacher, the parent company of Tennis One, um, you know, we do sports apps for teams, leagues, tournaments, colleges and universities. Um, we, you know, we are really fortunate to have just been selected to be one of uh, 20 um, startups that have have been chosen to be part of the Hype Sports Innovation Accelerator. And, and that's a global accelerator that um, connects us directly with major sports clubs and federations around the world. And so um, the goal of this particular accelerator is to um, create solutions and, and, and distribute solutions that can help these sports organizations navigate the challenges, you know, that are brought on by the COVID-19 uh, paradigm and, and how, do, how do you survive that? And so what we've, you know, what we've been able to do is create this solution that we're we launched with World Team Tennis, this CrowdView Live solution, um, you know, we believe is is making history. Um, and, and the response that we're seeing globally um, with organizations, you know, like um, FC Cologne, uh, part of the Bundesliga, and uh, the Miami Dolphins, and Tennis Australia, and FIBA, you know, World Federation Basketball, um, the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, having the opportunity to work closely with these organizations and helping them to solve these big problems um, is, is really meaningful. Um, and it has truly changed, you know, our trajectory. Um, we, we have solutions that can help um, these organizations, you know, deal with ghost games or reduced capacity crowds and help them stay safe when they are actually able to have, you know, some some crowds in stadium um, with, you know, touchless transactions. So we're we're at a, a really interesting crossroads at Bleacher and Tennis One, and um, I'm really I'm proud of our team for all of the hard work that they've put in over the last four months during this pandemic. Nobody was, you know, nobody was sitting sitting idle during that time. Uh, we've been we've been working hard, and, and hopefully we can help help these organizations uh, make it through so we can all get back to live sports. Yeah, no, I, that's a goal I know all of us share across the sporting industry. So certainly, you know, from the tennis aspect, I know uh, we are all excited for the Tennis One app for Tennis's return to watch the app in action when there's ATP, WTA events across the globe going on. But it's also been such a pleasure during this world team tennis season as well. Now, you know, again, it's not every day I get to speak with an Emmy Award winning journalist. So I have to ask, <laughs> how does someone go, and correct me if I'm wrong, news anchor in Minneapolis and Albany for about 15 years. How do you go? Yeah. from that to yeah. bleacher and tennis one app yeah, well i'm old so you know I, I i've lived my i've lived my many lives so um that was my first life you know where i i did yeah i was an investigative reporter um and and news anchor but i did a lot of investigative journalism and so um you know i i lived a dangerous life i had i was stalked by a known felon i was shot by someone i was uh, you know, I chased by the, the, the Japanese Yakuza, the mafia. <laughs> I have, I have had a, a, fa- a fascinating, I had a fascinating life doing that. But at some point you start to say, okay, if I'm going to have any normalcy in my life, I need to move on. 
And sports have always been a, such a big part of my background. And so I had the chance to, um, I, when I left television news, I started my own production company. And so we did, um, we produced nationally, regionally and nationally syndicated television shows, including sports shows. We did the Gopher Coaches shows for both basketball and football. We did, uh, I did the Kent Rebecca Outdoors uh, show, which Kent Rebecca is, uh, I don't know if you know his name, but he was a World Series champ for the Minnesota Twins two times over. Um, and, and, and that was fun. So we did those and, and other shows as well. But um, that, then we got hit by the recession in 2008, 9, 10. And in 2010, I was just like, okay, the, this is, this is like, there's what's next. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and at that stage, I, I realized that, you know, I think it's time to go back. I got my, I went to Johns Hopkins and got my um, master's in digital communications. Um, and then, you know, this is how we've landed in, in app world now. And, um, and so I'm loving this new platform and very excited about uh, what I see as the future. Um, you know, TV was a dying platform and I recognized that uh, quite a long time ago. And so, you know, I want to help. I want to help to uh, really try and get mobile to be um, something special. And, and uh, I want to keep you in your in your device even longer than you are. currently. Uh, <laughs> so, you'll, you know, you can you can take that to Dalton. <laughs> yeah, no, again, a big win. Uh, that sounds like perfect for me. And, you know, again, we might have to hit the rewind sound effect and just cancel the first 40 minutes of this podcast and talk about your experiences <laughs> as a journalist because I am, I, you know, that just sounds incredible to me. Oh. You know, I, I can only imagine what that was like for you. And I guess, again, w- what is it about the aspect? Because what you're doing now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bringing the fan or the shared experience of professional events, I suppose, to uh, fans across the globe and whether it be tennis or other sports, not in the same realm of living, I suppose, as, you know, doing the news, being a news anchor, mm-hmm. running a production company. And so, you know, what is it about that aspect staying in this business? And by the way, just a side note, uh, and this might tell you a little bit about my background. I always imagine my second life, I'll just be a greeter at Publix or some sort of grocery <laughs> store. I'll just say, hey, sir, welcome to Publix. Like the chicken is two ninety nine. Uh, yeah. Like I, I will be very good at that. But for you, uh, you know, what is it about, you know, bringing the news, bringing just yeah. people together? through these shared experiences what is it about that keeps appealing to you yeah so alex it it, bottom line everything that you're doing as well it's all communication so what Mm -hmm. platform are you choosing to communicate on and if that is standing at Publix, greeting the 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 people (laughs) walking in that's an awesome platform because you're doing it face to face and that is really special and some people will growl at you as you walk in and yet you will still be delightful like you are now and and it's it's like what platform are you going to choose to communicate on because that is who you are right it is who you are and so like what platform do i want to communicate through and to me this is a really exciting platform because we have the chance to tell stories in a really fun and interesting way we're trying to do that you know it's all new this is the wild west i mean what we're doing is it's groundbreaking it's it hasn't been done and so what we're doing is you know, there will be glitches and people will growl at me and that'll be okay because that's part of the process of, you know, iterating to become better, right? And we do that personally. We do that as a company. We do that through each of our apps. And so we welcome feedback. We welcome that because it's the only way that we get better. Um, But it is all about just choosing a platform and then, you know, really making that special. I think that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I also have an unsatiable ego that needs, you know, response to how I'm doing at all times. But that's a deeper seated issue that, again, we'll deal with on our next episode, I suppose. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job, Alex. <laughs> you are rocking it. And I'm telling you, you know, your future is bright, no, no matter what going. platform you choose. Keep going, keep going. Tell me, <laughs> tell me I look tall today as well. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, but, you know, for you also, and something that's, you know, so admirable, uh, I know throughout your career that it wasn't just, uh, you know, things such as production company or, thing, you know, so many different things you have done, but you also took the time to uh, work in a nonprofit and also mm-hmm. uh, work to, you know, a, a cancer nonprofit founder, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a cancer that focused on uh, you when, after you were diagnosed with ovarian cancer and, you know, uh, for, you know, just so you know, again, a little bit of background, my mom is an OB gin. And so that is a topic that will always be something that is, yeah. you, know, you know, I know how frequent that can be and how devastating that can be. So can you talk about your foundation a little bit? Share, you know, tell See, our, our listeners you, about that. You are good. You did your homework. <laughs> like this is, this is, wow, I'm impressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, so yes. So 
Um, so in 2005, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and ovarian uh, cancer can be very deadly. I was one of the lucky ones who it, caught it early. Um, it was, you know, it was bizarre. I was working in television at the time. And so again, it's all about communication. And I had the platform. I had a lot of, of, um, fans in, in the Minneapolis City Hall area and the Metro area that, you know, watched me. And so they were there for me. They prayed for me. They sent me the kindest notes and, and, you know, really kind of made me think, all right, now, I appreciate all that they've done. And I know not everybody has what, what I do. I, they don't have that opportunity to connect on uh, that kind of level with, with people you don't know, strangers. Right. And, and so I said, you know, I, I would like to, to give back and how can I do that best? Um, and so I started a, a very specific nonprofit. Um, I did not want to pay anybody. I did not want to get paid. I wanted it to be all volunteers and, and I wanted to raise money specifically to fund, research for cancers which currently don't have screening tests that are effective like ovarian cancer um there is no there's no screening test um, that is effective and yet so many cancers you know the, the 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 mortality rate for so many cancer diagnoses these days are it's low because there are screening tests and if you do the tests you know when you're supposed to you can you know you can catch it in time and and survive um and so that was my that was my goal and so we were able to do that we ran it for i ran it for 10 years um, and, and we raised a lot of money for some really great research that's being done at Mayo, um, and, uh, at the university of Minnesota. And so, yeah, I, I was very, I was very happy to have the chance to do that and felt very blessed that I had such a great group of volunteers who, who helped to, to run that as well. Mm -hmm. No. And I know fair bears to fight cancer, which yeah, I believe was one of the fundraisers. Yeah. That sounds just so enjoyable. So, you know, the Minnesota, I don't know if you've ever been to Minnesota, but there is in Minnesota, there is the Minnesota state fair and it in Minneapolis, St. Paul in the summertime, it is the one um, big event of the summer. I mean, it is truly, it is unreal. They have uh, like a million people go to the fair every year and it is crazy, crazy fun. And so again, I was in TV. So at that time it was, you know, I had that automatic audience, people would recognize me. And so I had a booth and the volunteers all sold fair bears to fight cancer. And we, that's how we made a lot of our money. And we didn't have to do with the traditional, you know, beg for donations, we do the traditional gala with the silent auction, we were able to do it in a fun and different way. So it was, it was creative, but you know, different. It was, it was, it was hard work though. I will tell you that <laughs> it was really hard work. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so admirable. And again, it is just a, a huge shout out to you and all you oh, have thanks. done just throughout. Again, there's a reason you're an Emmy award winner. Uh, and it, you know, they don't oh, give those out for free. Uh, so a huge shout out <laughs> to you, uh, for all you do. I will say my only, this to change gears, uh, my only experience, we went to Minnesota, uh, not to, you know, I went to visit Carleton because the coach had reached out to me. My parents were like, it's oh, a yeah. really good small school in Minnesota. You should go check it out. And respectfully to them i went there and i was just like oh i i don't i i went to a private school i was like i think i'm ready for a campus like michigan i think i'm ready for 40 000 people just yeah. seeing what that is like but no of course we went to the mall of america of course you, you have to right and we were boys awesome. we're like let's yep. ride the roller coaster mm -hmm. and whenever my dad's on a roller coaster i always throw these stories in here just to see if he's actually listening because he says he does and i know he doesn't <laughs> uh but you know when he's on a roller coaster it's really funny because he has a far deeper voice than i do but he always like starts to yell a little bit he'll go like ah like just <laughs> perfectly <laughs> harmonized and it's really funny and so there's a photo of us because i knew there was a photo on the ride where i'm like mimicking his face and it's a photo i have next to me right now and it's one oh, of my uh it's a really good photo so, yes yeah, so i'm a oh. big fan of the state of minnesota if for nothing else gifting me uh that photo forever but i am also a monumental fan of the tennis one app there's a segue for you so one more time again for our fans uh you know what it's just as simple as download the app right start following yeah. along yeah download the app and and have a fun experience in the app i mean it's a chance to really have some fun with live tennis that's happening over the next three weeks for world team tennis It'll be happening for top seed open in in august and it's it's a chance to again connect with other fans a chance to you know uh connect with players and and team leaders and and it's just I, I, and and Alex, it's a chance to connect with Alex. I think Alex is going to be in there quite a lot, so that's awesome, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, 
you know, you remember you're you're asking for it. They're they're, uh, they're yeah, just remember that when they uh, when I swear again on the live stream, which I do. You know, again, I'm trying to prove throughout this uh, podcast, I can I can do it without. I was I was in Miami. Another embarrassing story. Just get it all out of the way. And I really don't cuss that much, or at least I don't think I do. But evidently, I must because I was just standing there. You know, a tennis channel producer came up to me. He's like, "Hey, like you kind of cuss a little bit." I was like, "Oh, I was like." Sorry, I'm going to swear. I'm going to get out. I was like, no, I f- don't. Um, but yes, I, it turns out, yes, I, I, tur- I think I do a little bit. But I am working on that. I will have all things mm-hmm. tightened up and ready to go. And again, uh, on behalf right. of all our Cracked Rackets team, we are so appreciative of the opportunity to get to work with the Tennis One app. And, you know, again, Kristen, we, we could have done an hour on your explorations as a reporter. Maybe someday <laughs> we'll get the chance to do that. So there is always a spot available for you on this podcast should you want to come back. Oh, you're very kind. You're very kind. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And again, uh, a huge shout out to the Tennis One app team. Go download that. Kristen Gear. thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Alex. It was a ton of fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Take care. We'll see you in the app. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Kristen Gear, owner of the Tennis One app, CEO of Bleacher Sports, and of course, a huge shout out to her and the Tennis One app team, again, for all they are doing right now in helping to provide a more comprehensive fan experience during this world team tennis season. Of course, a huge shout out to them as well for giving our Cracked Rackets team the opportunity to head down to Lexington, do a little bit of play-by-play calling there, Uh, and of course, we hope to get the chance to work with the Tennis One app team more and more. And I can say I am particularly excited to be hopping on their stream tomorrow on the CrowdView 1, the View 1 experience, as Kristen was referencing, uh, to get to cover a little bit of World Team Tennis. I'm going to be doing the 11 a.m. match Thursday morning. So for all of you fans interested, you want to hear what do I sound like at 11 a.m.? What does it sound like for me to be unfiltered and not have the protection of super producers uh, Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff editing me? Uh, you can all check out that feed by downloading the Tennis One app right now. Of course, I'm sure all of you have already done that. And if you haven't, come on, get your stuff together. Go download that app. You're wasting your time. You're, you are you could be having a more significant, a more enjoyable tennis fan experience. And it's literally three clicks of the phone. And if you have a good access to a Wi-Fi connection, 15 seconds of downloading time. So go get the Tennis One app. And again, a huge shout out to Kristen for taking the time to chat. As I mentioned on the podcast, hopefully we will have the chance to have her on again soon because it really was such a delightful conversation. And of course, we've been fortunate enough here at Cracked Records to have so many great conversations over the past couple of weeks, months, years even, Uh, but in particular, we are coming off of a, what, 15-day road trip where we went down for the Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition in Miami, got the chance to talk to all eight players there. We were next in Nicholasville for the Topsy Tennis Club Young King Scholarship Tennis Event. Got another chance to, as you mentioned, or as you mentioned, I don't know why I'm saying you to the players, as I mentioned, uh, talk to six of the eight players in that uh, draw. And the good news is we got uh, all those interviews on video. And so I know right now, super producer Daniel Westoff, in the midst of editing all of that content, again, it's about three hours worth of interviews that he's got to edit down. And you can just make sure you're not going to miss any of the releases by hitting subscribe to our YouTube channel right now. You're also going to be able to hear all of those in podcast form as well. So go be sure to subscribe to the Cracked Interviews podcast. We're getting back on our mini break grind. I assure you, Vicky Duvall covering the ship for us, steering the ship, I should say, for us this past uh, Wednesday but with her episode. But of course, mini breaks each and every day as we get rocking and rolling moving forward. Of course, this Great Shot podcast, the Inside Out podcast, all of our Cracked Records podcast. Go like, rate, subscribe, review to all of them. Shout out, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the editing job they do day in, day out. Very easy for me to talk into the microphone, as you all have learned, but much more difficult to make coherent sentences out of all of that. So a huge shout out to the both of them for all of the work they do. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings. Again, be on the lookout for our daily GSP starting uh, next week, where we're going to give you all our picks for the day in World Team Tennis, and you guys can all get in on all of that action by going to dkng.co slash cracking rackets. Go get yourself a risk-free first bet, and you know, get 
get in on the action before the ATP WTA ITF tours resume. Just, you know, dust off those betting chops. See if you've still got it. See if your skills held up during quarantine. Hopefully Max Kale Hammond, uh, Max Roth and Kale Hammond and I still have our skills as well. Certainly for Kale, who successfully predicted at 8-1 to one odds Marty Fish was going to win his golf event this past weekend. I suppose he's a little bit hot going into it. So be sure to be on the lookout for all of those episodes starting next week. And of course, if you've missed any of our episodes, any of our content, be sure to go to the website, CrackedRackets.com. Another big shout out to our friends at Aerobar. Get ready for another exceptional episode of Getting to the Point on our mini break podcast tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it's going to be a two-mini-break podcast Thursday. It's going to be the Getting to the Point episode we do with Andrew Golub, Mark Aerosmith, today's guest, Princeton men's tennis head coach, uh, Billy Pate, uh, where we focus on nutrition and health, its importance in tennis, as well as you know Billy's incredible career, incredible history with college tennis. All of that be on the horizon for, but I've got a lot of thoughts on the things going on in, in the tennis world, so I think I'm going to do a little 30-minute monologue on some of the play I've seen. Of course, there have continued to be exhibition events. We saw UTS come to an end. We've seen Team 7 event come to an end, and again, there's been some world team tennis results I'd love to talk about as well, so be on the lookout for a two-mini break Thursday tomorrow. Uh, but with all of that being said, again, shout out to our friends at Aerobar. Get the right way to start your day by you switching to Aerobar. Again, you're not going to feel too full. You're not going to feel drowsy. You're just going to know you have the right sort of nutrition in your body. Get that energy boost you need, again, to get your day off to the right sort of start. So go to Aerobar.com. Use that promo code uh, CRACKED15 Again, dkng.co slash cracking rackets to get in on the DraftKings action. But with all that being said, for our wonderful guest, uh, again, CEO of Bleacher Sports, owner of the Tennis One app, Emmy Award winning journalist Kristen Gear, our super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at DraftKings and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. Hey, great shot, and we'll see you all soon. Thanks, everyone.